Skinning waves, fox beer, lock is acting very weird. Captain Pike, Crystal's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. DJ Batless, Edward is an idiot, Fock is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers. What's going on? I hope everybody's staying warm tonight. I know up here in Vermont, it's uh, icing, it's snowing, it's raining, it's freezing, it's cold. So I hope you guys are nice and toasty warm where you are right now curled up with a nice warm blanket listening to Trek Talking because it's Trek Talking Thursday, the best day of the week, I got to tell you. It is currently Thursday, November 17th, 2022, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That means you can let your fingers do the walking and call Trek Talking. 646-668-2433 is our number. Give us a call, and we'll get you right on. And we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about. First of all, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Prodigy on the world's a stage. And it's a doozy. We're going to have some fun with that one. But wait, there's more. We have our Star Trek birthdays. We have our convention calendar. And we have our fan shout-outs. And on our Star Trek news, we're going to find out what is the most expensive Star Trek comic book. That's right. We're going to talk about that. We, we have some information on that. And Dr. Pulaski, what's going on with her? Why does everybody hate her? Eric is going to answer that question for us tonight. We also have a story about some Picard props that are going on sale. If you want to own them, you have your opportunity to do so. And we're going to tell you how you can do that. So before we get into all this great fun stuff, I want to introduce to you my truck experts, and we'll start off with Charles. Charles is out in Las Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm hanging in there. Got a bit of an allergy or cold hitting me, so I may mute occasionally just uh, so you don't hear me coughing. Is it actually cold in Las Vegas, like less than 80? It's 50. Let's see. My watch says it's about 58. Oh, I wish. We should be in the 60s or 70s right now. It's below average. Yeah, that seems to be the thing. And we also have with us our trifecta from Portland. We'll start off with the donut guy himself, although lately he's been the macaroni guy. We're never really sure what guy he's going to be, but we have our very own David with us. How you doing, David? I guess you could just say I'm a David guy. David <laughs> guy? Doing, I'm doing pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really chilly over here. I got the heater on. been on, on all day long. I had to heat up my apartment, so it's kind of weird. 
Yeah, we, we had to have a propane delivery today because we've been running the heat, but it's that time of year. Uh, we also have with us from Portland as well, we have the toy slash wine guy, Paul. How you doing tonight, Paul? Live long and proper, buddy. That's how. Uh, doing okay. Uh, it's uh, as David said. It's uh, it's very cold and windy here in Portland uh, these days. Uh, that wind chills bringing it down down around twenty five in the morning when we wake up these days. So that's, that's relatively cold. Uh, cold dog walking weather, but. Uh, we distract ourselves with various types of entertainment and leisure activities here in Portland. So I think it's uh, it's going okay. Damn glad it's uh, Friday tomorrow. That's all I know. Hey, well, and it's Trek Talking Thursday. So that's a good thing. That's always a good thing. And rounding out our trifecta from Portland, we have our very own Eric. How are you doing tonight, Eric? You know, I'm doing pretty good tonight. I've had a uh, productive day, and uh, and this afternoon I get to do one of my favorite things, uh, and it just so happens that I dug on this episode pretty hard, so uh, excited to talk about it. Yeah, it was, it was, I only had a chance to watch it once, but, but once was enough for me. So uh, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be fun. So uh, we have 119,925 downloads of this podcast as of right now. That's really cool. And if people want to download the podcast, check out our blog, just say, hello, Eric. How can they do that? Where would they go? Well, the easiest thing to do is to just go to trektalking.com, which just matches that uh, name of our podcast. So it's real easy to find on the interwebs, trektalking.com. Yeah, it's really easy, trektalking.com. Paul, have you heard of this website? Have you heard of it? Are you talking about the word, the website that just eerily, serendipitously happens to have the same name as our podcast, as though fate itself stepped down from the cosmos and decreed <laughs> that the website should have that name? Are you talking, my friend, about the one, the only, the unreservedly, the completely unforgettable, the promote it till it dies, trektalking.com? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about, Jim? That's exactly what I'm saying. TrekTalking.com. You guys haven't lived, so you've gone to check out TrekTalking.com. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome website. You should definitely check it out. I highly TrekTalking.com. That's right. Uh, TrekTalking. And while you're it's really there, good to say it like it's a late night infomercial. That's what I like to yeah, do. TrekTalking.com. It's just get that extra oomph to it. Yeah, we need to do a, a local recording session here, Paul, where we just record like 110 versions of us saying trucktalking.com. And, and I'm there. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and Klingon, too. Saying Klingon. We talk talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, won't be any fun. And, <laughs> let's, let's and not. you know what? The best part about trucktalking.com is you can go there and be linked to all of our social media presence, including Facebook. You no longer have to worry about that long Facebook address that I got tired of saying and spelling out. All you have to do is go to trucktalking.com and click on the Facebook logo. Boom, you go right to our Facebook page. And while you're on our Facebook page, you can join the 104,160 fans and followers that we have there, which is awesome. Or Jim, you can head over to Jim, Twitter. can we reassure our listeners briefly? Is it okay? Can we reassure them? 
uh, well, we can Elon read. Musk has nothing to do with TrekTalking.com, right? Mm. No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so fans, listeners, friends of the show, you know this is an Elon Musk-free enterprise, mm. if you'll pardon the expression. Safe absolutely. Zone. You are an Elon safe zone, so you don't have to worry about any of that nonsense or self-destructive tendencies or having to work extra hours or any of that because we are Elon-free at TrekTalking.com. <laughs> and we don't have a blue mark next to our name either, so you don't have to pay $8 extra. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> now they're they're going to pay us, in fact. <laughs> that's, that's true. They're going to pay us, right. And you can also, while you're at trucktalking.com, you can shoot on over to our Instagram page as well. So there's all kinds of great stuff that you can check out at trucktalking.com. And uh, as well as listening to our uh, let me see. Last time, 659 podcasts that are are available at trekdawkin.com. There's a lot of them there, all the way back to the beginning. So you can check those all out. Some of them have gibberish for titles because they're so, I don't know, they're so old that, that I don't know. But you can check those out at trektalking.com. All right, guys. If you head over to trucktalking.com and go to our Facebook page, at the top of the Facebook page, you will see a huge live long and prosper. And right there, just tell us your name and where you're listening from. Very simple, very fast, very painless. If you do that and you see a heart next to your name from yours truly, Uncle Jim, then that means you are going to be mentioned on a future fan shout out. So, Eric, what do you say? We dive right in and get our fan shout-outs started. Absolutely. We love to appreciate our fans, and our very first fan appreciation goes out this week to Ann McDonald, who is listening to us down under in McKay, Queensland. Oh, man, I really hope to make my way down there one of these days. Ann looks beautiful. The pictures are amazing. The beaches look amazing. Uh, would love to visit. So thank you so much for supporting our podcast down there. Ann McDonald from McKay, Queensland. We're also saying hello this week and sending out a big live long and prosper to Susan Adams from Tangier, Morocco. That's right. Supporters on the continent. Morocco, thank you so much. We don't have many listeners from Morocco now. I think about it. Uh, I'm looking at my list. Look at my list. You know, Susan, you may be among our first listeners who have checked in with us uh, from Morocco. That's that's something else. So thank you, Susan Adams from Tangier, Morocco, for saying hello to us uh, here at Trek Talking. Angelica Wolf is listening to us, or I should say Wolf, because she is in Leipzig, Germany. That's right, Angelica with a K. That is a beautiful name, Angelica. And Leipzig looks like another cool place. Germany's on my list of uh, next stops next time I'm in Europe. No kidding. It's on the calendar. So maybe I'll see some Trek stuff while I'm out there. Angelica, thank you for supporting us there in the center of Europe. And my final fan shout out goes out to Graham Brown out in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Scotland. That's right, Graham. Thank you for listening to us and carrying the torch in the Highlands. Charles, who would you like to say hello to? Let's start off with Brian Dale Olson from Ogden, Utah, up northwest of me. Charlotte Piper Pell from San Francisco Bay Area. I used to know the Bay Area very well when I lived there back in the 80s. Charles McGee 
is from the proud Lone Star State of Texas and is a top fan. And Mike J. from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So, Mike, red or green? David, who's on your list? Uh, I think I'm going to try and speak this in Romulan. Just kidding. Um, so, I've got Jay Ellingson from Minnesota, USA, with an American flag next to it. Next one is David Von Holt from Auburn, Washington, USA. Next on the list is Spencer C. Powers, the third, currently Federalsburg, Maryland. Hmm. Uh, last on my list is Ed Hunter from Gainesville, Florida. Paul, who's on your list? All kinds of folks all over the planet Earth, my friend, all kinds of folks. First of all, a great big uh, kapla, and thanks for listening to Mark Coombe in Shrewsbury, Shropshire in the United Kingdom. The Union Jack waving proudly there, live long and prosper. Uh, I tell you, Mark, a lot of my family background is from your neck of the woods. Uh, all my people hail from Wolverhampton near Birmingham, which is right in that uh, lovely West Midlands region of England there. So uh, we could be county cousins for all I know, my friend. So thank you so much for listening and for singing out. I'm due for a visit back there sometime very soon. Also, great to hear from Peter White in Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Wow. And all kinds of wonderful iconography from Peter here. I'm seeing the flag. I'm seeing palm trees, sunglasses, uh, old uh, sunny souls shining down on us. It's a, you definitely got the Margaritaville vibe happening there, Peter. So hope you're uh, managing to uh, avoid all the crazy tempests that this type of year tends to throw your way. Also, uh, happy uh, greetings and kapla to Timo Frosch from Fort Bavaria in Germany, an amazing part of the country. I like to picture Germany this time of year. All the Christmas markets are starting to be prepared. There is so much baking happening. There will be glow wine pourings shortly. It's going to be amazing. The holiday season in Germany is like nothing else. I hope you enjoy it. And finally for me, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, a big high-five to Carolyn Girvan in Bells Hill, Scotland, which is fantastic, up in uh, Lancashire, if I'm not mistaken, uh, not too far away from Glasgow. So it's wonderful to know that we have uh, listeners and fans and people who love the Star Trek uh, ideology all over the planet, from the Caribbean to Germany to Scotland and beyond. Jim, where's your weather vane pointing at this week? Well, we want to say kapla to top fan Seth Meningale, who was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. My old stomping ground. I love Brooklyn, New York. Kapla to Seth, and thank you for listening all the way down in Brooklyn. I wonder if Seth knows Ray, who's over in the Bronx. I wonder. Just a few short burrows away. We also want to say thank you and kapla to Justin Cooper, who's currently in Iowa. He only works in outer space. Geez, that sounds familiar. Didn't Captain Picard like I, say that? I feel like I know. Yeah, I think it was Captain Picard who said that, if I remember. Yeah, definitely Captain Picard. Or maybe Spock. 
Maybe Spock. It was Captain <laughs> Spock. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, it's James T. Come on, people. It's James T. Only works. That's right. In space. So uh, thank you to listen to Justin Cooper. We also want to say live long and prosper to Vivian E. Thomas in Shepherdsville, Kentucky. And last but definitely not least, Kapla, the David Marlio beloved. Beloved? Did I get that right? Uh, well, yeah. either misspelled it, or or maybe it's beloved, but it's definitely spelled beloved. like beloved, which is which is such yeah. a cool name, yeah. Beloved from Miami, Florida. So thank you for listening, David. If you guys would like to hear your name mentioned on a future fan shout out, just go to trucktalking.com and head on over to our Facebook page. From there, look for the Live Long and Prosper. Tell us where you're listening from, and look for a heart next to your name from yours truly, Uncle Jim. So, you know what time it is, don't you? That was not a Klingon song. All right, guys, it's time for our Star Trek birthdays. And we always start off our Star Trek birthdays by remembering those who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yeah, Jim, this week we are going to be remembering nine members of our Star Trek community who have gone before us who would have had birthdays this week. Uh, The very first is actor Stephen Lee, who portrayed Chorgan in the TNG episode The Vengeance Factor. Um, And actually, Stephen Lee would go on four years later to portray an alien bartender in the seventh season episode, Gambit, part one as well. Um, Stephen was originally cast for, but did not fulfill, playing the role of the Klingon captain in the first season episode, Sleeping Dogs, which is kind of an interesting little piece of trivia. He was actually replaced at the last minute by Vaughn Armstrong, who did play that role eventually. That, of course, is from Enterprise um, Season 1. You know, uh, did many guest appearances on television, that sort of thing. And, unfortunately, we lost him back in 2014 at age 58. So, Stephen Lee, happy birthday and remembrances going out to him. Also, happy birthday and remembrances going out to William Francis Bastiani, uh, who played the Frangie Omog in the TNG episode Unification 2, which we thought was the end of the story until we got Unification 3, which was pretty cool. Uh, William was a San Francisco Art Institute graduate, uh, where he got his master's degree in filmmaking and uh, worked as an actor, singer, musician, um, and spent most of his career in Hollywood and San Francisco. Just had a handful of guest starring appearances uh, throughout the 90s there. Uh, We lost him back in 2018. So happy birthday to William Bastiani, uh, better known as Billy. Happy birthday as well to Brian Keith, who played Mulibach in the DS9 episode Progress. Uh, man, uh, what can we say here? Uh, <laughs> Brian Keith is something else, man. He is an Emmy Award-nominated actor, a long distinguished career, uh, spanning seven decades and over 100 films. Um, Brian Keith was actually originally born Robert Alba Keith with a different spelling, which is kind of interesting, uh, and then would change his name. Began his acting career when he was only three years old back in 1924 in something called Pied Piper Malone, produced by 
Paramount Pictures. Uh, so came back around to the Star Trek franchise. Uh, in the 40s, enlisted in the Marine Corps, uh, served during World War II, was discharged in 45 as a corporal and got an Air Medal, serving as a gunner uh, in the Marine Corps. And then uh, changed his first name to Brian uh, when he started acting, kind of after that. And uh, did have a little bit of a tragic ending to his life. Uh, you can look it up if you want to know more. Unfortunately, uh, suffered from some diseases and uh, took his own life tragically. Um, but his last acting appearance was with a bunch of other Star Trek people, which is kind of cool. It's a 1997 made-for-TV movie called The Second Civil War. Uh, and that also featured uh, Robert Picardo, Ron Perlman, uh, and a couple of other folks that are connected to Star Trek. So happy birthday, Brian Keith, lost back in 97. Happy birthday also to Theodore Sorrell, who played Cavill in the DS9 episode Duet. A uh, very excellent episode, born Theodore Elipolis in San Francisco, California. Um, in the 70s, he, he appeared in two films that were nominated for Academy Awards for Best Picture, uh, but he's definitely best known for his role as Dr. Edward Pretorius in the cult 1986 science fiction horror film From Beyond, which also mm-hmm. starred Jeffrey Combs. Have you seen that one, Paul? Oh, I love it, man. Great stuff. Oh, man. All right. I have to check it out. I have not seen it, but uh, after learning about this, uh, I can't wait to see it. He also uh, was one of many Star Trek alumni to appear in a 1983 PBS adaptation of William Shakespeare's Antony and Cleopatra. And those people who also starred, a couple of people named Walter Koenig and Nichelle Nichols. Might have heard of them, uh, uh, you know, every once in a while. <laughs> Theodore, also a Shakespearean actor on the stage, uh, lost at the age of 74 back in 2010. So happy birthday to Ted Sorrell. Salamos Rasulla would have had a birthday this week as well. He, of course, portrayed Captain Donald Verley in the TNG episode Contagion. Pretty interesting role, I think. Uh, great actor. A great actor, like tons of information on this guy. I really can't even begin to touch on all the cool things he's been involved with. I will um, shout out some of his, um, well, uh, a few things, I guess I would say. Um, I actually, my mom used to watch like reruns of old, old, old soap operas. So he originally starred on One Life to Live, like way back in the late 60s. Uh, but of course, he's best known for his uh, black exploitation stuff. So um, he co-starred opposite William Marshall in Blackula, and then went on to do a bunch of other awesome black exploitation films. Uh, in the 80s, like the early 80s, he was on T.J. Hooker with William Shatner, uh, so a show that many people have heard of guest starred on just like myriad programs all over the place um another role he's really well known for was he was in roots uh with lavar burton actually played his father uh kutakente's father omoro um and uh unfortunately we lost him due to complications from leukemia back in 1991 at only the age of 51 so uh lost way too early great actor we do miss him and a great role is donald verley Happy birthday as well to Richard Hale, who played Goro in the TOS episode, The Paradise Syndrome. Uh, Richard Hale, uh, actor who's 
whose looks uh, often got him cast as either uh, a Native American or uh, or as uh, an Arab or somebody from the Middle East. He just had kind of darker skin and uh, features that I guess people felt like uh, communicated those roles. So he was often cast that way. Uh, but his most notable role outside of Star Trek was probably in the 1956 film Friendly Persuasion, which of course is a Gary Cooper film um, that you should check out if you haven't seen that before. Uh, lots of other film credits on his docket and lots of other guest appearances, as I was saying, on shows like Bonanza and Cheyenne and Gunsmoke and places where they would need um, somebody to play that Native American character. So Richard Hale, great actor, uh, did a great job in this episode of Star Trek and uh, lost way back in 81 at the age of 88. One of only 14 actors, as we've said, to be born in the 19th century. He was born in 1892. Uh, also saying happy birthday this week to Ellen Albertini Dow, who played Felissa Howard in TNG's episode Sub Rosa, the, uh, what is that, the grandmother of Beverly, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, so uh, definitely somebody you would recognize, has played lots of grandmas. She was in The Wedding Singer. She was in Wedding Crashers. Um, she was on Seinfeld playing another grandma. Uh, she was in Sister Act in one of the choirs as another kind of older lady. So um, an actress who would reach the ripe old age of 101, uh, only the second actress to reach that, that benchmark of 100 years old, uh, lost back in 2015. So happy birthday to Ellen Dow. Happy birthday as well to Mary Linda Rappelli. Uh, Mary Linda Rappelli, who played Iriana Galulin in the TOS episode, The Way to Eden. Um, also uh, had lots of film roles, uh, lots of actually soap operas under her belt, uh, and was a business owner. She owned her own business, uh, White Cottage Bed and Breakfast in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, um, teaching classes in that same town for a number of years. Uh, and then she actually, in 2006, uh, kind of not reprised, but just sort of paid homage to one of her roles in a fan production. Of course, we've all heard of Star Trek New Voyages. She was in the episode To Serve All My Days. So happy birthday to Mary Rappelli. And our final birthday remembrance goes out this week to actor Robert Brown, who appears as Lazarus and, uh, of course, uh, Lazarus from the Antimatter universe in the TOS episode, The Alternative Factor. Um, most people may not know that he was actually hired as a last-minute replacement for actor John Drew Barrymore, who had been cast in the role but didn't show up to the first day of shooting. And Shatner was like, you know what? Go out and get Bob Brown. Uh, he knows what's up. And they pulled him in uh, without any rehearsal, put him on the set, and he played the role. Uh, so I think that's kind of a cool... <laughs> kind of a cool thing. They had previously actually met uh, because they shot a pilot together way back when about a Sweden and Irishman who emigrated to America and Brown played the Irishman. It eventually kind of got adapted into an episode of the Dick Powell Theater uh, entitled Colossus in 1963. A couple of movies under his belt and he was lost just this year back in September at the ripe old age of 95. So Happy birthday and remembrances and lots of love going out to actor Robert Brown. So that is all nine of our remembrances this week, guys. Uh, always love honoring those who have gone before us. But Charles is going to kick off the party with those who are still with us. Right, Charles? Yep, I'm going to try. 
Dwayne Murphy played Captain Murdoch in DS9 Discovery's episode, The Wolf Inside and Vaulting Ambition. Nathan Gooding portrayed Gabriel Huang, Raffi's son, in Picard's episode, Stardust Rag. Stardust City Rag. Aisha Hines played Bridge Officer Darwin in Star Trek Into Darkness. (coughs) (coughs) J.C. Brady played Ensign Marta. Yeah. Botanitas. Botanitas. Botanitas in TNG episode Tapestry. Great episode. Tara Rosling portrayed yeah, T, yeah from forgot pronunciation of the one. Tarina. T, uh, Tarina in the third and fourth season of Discovery. Saru's love interest. Now I got a couple of interesting ones in my end one. Missy Pyle. Voicing in Terror Interrogator. LDS's Drainage Energies. I think she spent some time with Shatner because she appeared in Boston Legal and Shit My Dad Knows, but is better known for Charlie the Chocolate Factory and Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. My favorite Star Trek movie. uh, Hey, Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. (laughs) And And then my big one I'm surprised Jim gave me. A big happy birthday to Carolyn... Elaney Johnson. Oh, sorry. Everybody <laughs> knows her as Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, oh, okay. She <laughs> portrayed Gwen Guinan in 20 episodes from season two to season six of TNG. Also appeared in the films Generation and Star Trek Nemesis and Star Trek Picard. And the tie-in with Eric's was also in Roots and Sister yep. Act. Yep. I love it. And, and Ghost. Yep. Let's not forget Ghost. Well, so many movies, but yeah, those two connecting yep. to <laughs> of our remembrances, yeah. We can also add to our director and writer and comedian. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneur. She's got a lot of categories. Right, she's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. She's got a lot going on. So, Paul, who's on your list? All kinds of folks, Charles. Thank you so much. First of all, happy birthday to Carlos Lacamara, who played uh, Retire in the Deep Space Nine episode, Improbable Cause. Hope you're having a fantastic birthday. I am. It's inconceivable that this next person should be here on our program. You should make sure you've got lots of things in motion, Quark, so you don't run out of revenue. You need to have lots of Latin put aside because it's time to celebrate the great Wallace Shawn, who played the Grand Nagazek of the Ferengi Alliance. Is Wallace Shawn here? Way too many Deep Space Nine episodes to even begin. To gout. What a legend is Wallace Shawn, okay? I mean, just phenomenal. I mean, if you need me to tell you who Wallace Shawn is, for crying out loud, get the hell out of here. Go back to 1981 and watch My Dinner with Andre, maybe, which is where he was first came into prominence. I don't think Wallace Shawn 
has taken a day off since. And uh, his resume speaks for itself. I think a lot of people will always, always, always associate him with the Princess Bride, where he was just out of control on just every take he had. Absolutely wonderful uh, personality. Um, he's been a fixture in, in Sony movies, uh, Woody Allen pictures, like I think it was Hannah and her sisters that he was in. It's just He's hilarious. He's just uh, the camera loves the guy, and he cannot not be funny. So he is just Grand Nagus Zach incarnate. What great casting is that? Happy birthday, Wallace Shawn. I'm betting you have a fantastic time. Happy birthday also to actress Deborah Strang, who played Admiral Talara in the Deep Space Nine episode, Rules of Engagement. A lot of uh, folks that we recognize here this week, actress Tracy Scoggins who uh, a lot of fans from the early aughts and 90s will recognize from Babylon 5, where she played Captain Elizabeth Lockley on that show. I think a lot of Star Trek fans are Babylon 5 fans as well. But we're acknowledging her for her part on the Deep Space Nine episode, Destiny, where she played the role of Gilora Real on that particular episode of Deep Space Nine. So happy birthday, Tracy Scoggins done a lot of amazing work in your time for sure happy birthday also to chris demetral who played jean-luc Riker and ethan in the next gen episode future imperfect i think we all know that show that episode a lot of crazy stuff happened there really love this next performer um if one of those names uh, folks you may not know uh, by name, but if you see his face, you will absolutely know the actor bob gunton uh, we acknowledge him because of his Star Trek uh, work in the great Next Gen episode that introduced us to the Cardassians, the Wounded, where he played Captain Benjamin Maxwell, who's like the uh, the kind of father figure uh, captain that uh, Miles O'Brien looks up to and and holds in in high regard until he learns a, a little bit more. But Bob Gunton is one of those faces. He's just great. It's like if you are casting somebody, and this is said with great risk casting, like a corrupt politician, for example, like a mayor who's on the take or a businessman who's into shenanigans that he shouldn't be uh, into, uh, that kind of stuff. He was uh, in the Shawshank Redemption. He was the warden, not a very sympathetic role, right? If you're casting a Mitch McConnell biopic, you're probably going to – Hey, like hey, the Bob hey. Gun. <laughs> yeah, you know. Let's be honest. Well, he, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You want me to? You want me to censor myself? Wrong at wrong guy. <laughs> no, but I'm in Kentucky. Please don't assume we're all like that. So. No, I don't at all. I don't. Yeah, I just, Mr. Right. McConnell speaks for himself and only okay, for himself. Okay. My point is <laughs> that Bob Gutton's the guy you're gonna call because that's the kind <laughs> of uh, character he tends to play more often than not. But uh, he's been on way too many shows to, uh, to count. Daredevil, 24, uh, you name it. He's, he's one of those guys who's just a journeyman character actor. Right? You, re- you see that face. He probably can't ever go out to have dinner in a restaurant without 30 people going up to him and saying, wait a minute, why do I know you? <laughs> one of those actors there. But the great Bob Gunton, a legend to be sure, and uh, a really uh, excellent character in, uh, in the Star Trek lore from that Deep Space Night or that Next Gen episode. And finally, uh, Dan Shore, who appeared in the Next Gen episode, The Price, with Dr. Arador, and also in the Voyager episode, False Prophets. So that's uh, a big dose of seven happy birthdays from me. And we'll pass the flaming birthday candle back over to Jim. Well, I want to 
swing it right back to the Ferengi Alliance. We want to say happy birthday to Max Garanichek, who played Rom, the brother of Quark, and the father of Nog. On Star Thanks, Trek brother. Deep Space Nine. Thanks, brother. So he, uh, and actually, speaking of Grand Nagus Zek, we have Grand Nagus Rom, because if I remember my DS9 correctly, mm-hmm. he took over as Grand Nagus, did he not? Both the brothers at one point were Nagus, yes. Yeah, and uh, Lita went with him, and I'm pretty sure she wore clothes. So, <laughs> Well, you know, we learned a lot from Moogie. So, uh, you know, it, it would be interesting. Sometimes you mellow out had... in your old age, Jim, you know, and I'm sure that happens yeah. to Rom. Well, I, I would be interested to see what happened to the Fringy Alliance when Lita and Rom took the reins. We never found out. Ah, IDW. Let's see it. Yeah, there's a yeah. comic book. I'd buy that. I'd totally. Yeah. Let's let's check that out, guys, if you're listening. Uh, we also want to say happy birthday to Rebecca Whiskey, who played Ramda in Picard's episode, The End is the Beginning, Absolute Candor, and Broken Pieces. She was the Romulan who uh, broke the org, if I recall correctly. They uh, tried to assimilate her ship, and she wasn't having none of that. And she broke the board. So happy birthday. Uh, we also want to say happy birthday to Scott Allen Rinker, who played the A&R Garib in the Enterprise episodes United and the A&R. Um, Paul, have you had a chance to catch that episode? Which one? The A&R from Enterprise. You know, it's on my list. I, I still haven't gotten that one yet. I, uh, it is incredible kindness. Because there was a terrible hibernetic uh, sleeping accident, and I was thawed out after a long uh, period in storage. And I missed a lot of uh, Deep Space Nine, or I've forgotten a lot of it. And uh, in his great kindness, Eric has made me a list. And so I'm working through that list of uh, many Deep Space Nines and also many uh, Enterprises. So I haven't got to those yet. That, that's a good one. And uh, last but not least, I definitely want to say happy birthday to Bobby Clark. And Bobby Clark played the Gorn Captain in the Star Trek episode Arena. And I always wanted to meet the guy and <laughs> he ended up being at Star Trek Las Vegas and they put our table right next to him and I couldn't go. So Charles got to hang out with Bobby Clark for the whole weekend at our table. So happy birthday to Bobby Clark, the Gorn from the Arena. Now, I always do the Klingons last. So this next one, I'm not sure if he was a Klingon or not, but uh, I'm going to put him in my Klingon list. (laughs) We we, we want to say happy birthday to Bill Bolander, who played the albino in Blood Oath. Now, they called him the albino. Was he an albino Klingon? I I got that feeling, yeah. I think that's yeah. the implication, and they never actually say that, but I do think that, that absolutely he was an albino Klingon, yeah. And he, by the Otherwise, way... Otherwise, why would he get in there? Why, why well, would they right. even let him in? Well, he was involved in that whole culture thing and, like, and the whole war where the son got killed and da-da-da. And so, yeah, I, he was definitely a Klingon. And I'll just say, by the way, that if you uh, shout-out to Star Trek Attack with um, they did a Blood Oath Klingon pack not too long ago, and they finally issued the Albino and his ship as uh, cards for the game. Nice. Turns out they're pretty good game, pretty good cards too. So uh, yeah. if, you, if you don't have that Klingon pack, go get it. Yeah, because would yeah. you hold uh, would you hold a, a multi generational vendetta Blood Oath 
against someone who wasn't a Klingon? I don't think so. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. No, so he's, he's going on. So he, he made my Klingon list. So kapla to Bill Bolander. Uh, and also swinging back to a birthday that Eric had earlier, we want to say happy birthday to Stefan Root, who played Captain Kavada in the TNG episode Unification 1 and 2, but not 3 because he was long gone before we got to episode 3. So happy birthday to Stefan Root. And last, but definitely not least, I really wish this guy had a name. I couldn't find one anywhere. Great character. We want to say happy birthday to Peter Peros, who appeared as the Klingon tactical officer in the TNG episode, A Matter of Honor. This was the guy that was Riker's buddy. You remember the episode? Um, He was really cool. And uh, he challenges the uh, the captain, Captain Cargon, and then he turns around and lays right into him. And uh, this is the character that understood what Riker was doing and he was a great character. He had honor. He was awesome. Uh, I couldn't I find think, the name. I think that Klingon's name was Clag, wasn't it? Uh, different. No, Clag was a different one. Uh, the tactical officer was a different guy. Yeah, I know who you're yeah. talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, but a different guy. And I'm pretty sure, I don't have the card in front of me, but I'm pretty sure this particular guy might have a card in Star Trek Attack Wing as well um, that gets yeah. like plus three defense dice or something. I can't remember. Yeah. He was a great character, though, and he was definitely a Klingon, so kapla. And, guys, that wraps up our Star Trek birthdays. If you'd like to give us a call right now, 646-668-2433 is the number. And, yes, we have Shannon with us. How you doing, Shannon? Fine. How are you guys doing? Oh, we have a smile. That's great. <laughs> I know. Hi, Shannon. Hey. Yeah, the campaigning it was kind of kept me busy, so. A little In bit. fact, I think it's been yeah. so long that I don't think you have met Paul. Mm-mm. No, I've heard Paul, but I've never met Paul. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've never been on the air at the same time. I mean, a lot of right. uh, little chat threads right. and whatnot, but we—I don't think we've uh, been in the uh, in the uh, the wind tunnel at the same no, hour. So, so <laughs> it's great to finally you. hear your voice. Well, and as a person who as a person who knows both of you, I will just say that you are both absolutely delightful individuals. I was able to meet uh-huh. Shannon uh, down in Las Vegas when we went and saw, or not Las Vegas, Los Angeles. When we went and saw the Picard premiere, we chatted, mm-hmm. we hit it off right away. Uh, she's just a great mm-hmm. person. And Paul has fast become one of my, uh, one of my buds here in Portland. He's a pretty cool guy. So uh-huh. one day, maybe the two of you shall meet. Maybe in uh-huh. Vegas next year. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Well, who knows? We'll 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 yeah, we'll see. Anything is possible, my friend. Anything <laughs> is possible. When Paramount Plus makes Trek Talk in the series, we'll all be together. <laughs> there we go. So, you know, you know that's my next thing is trying to get on Star Trek to be the writer, but okay. <laughs> well, you know, when they make, you know, they made Wayne's World, you know, they can make Jim's World, you know. It can happen. Anything's possible. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, we, we're going to change things up a little bit, and we're going to talk about da, 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 da. we're going to talk about Prodigy. All <laughs> the world's a state. So if you'd like to give us a call, 646-668-2433, and share your thoughts and opinions about this episode. 
We'd love to hear from you. 646-668-2433. This would be Season 1, Episode 13. The crew answers a distress call to find a colony trapped in Starfleet's past. And as I've been doing, rather than playing clips, which you've already heard, I go to alternate sources to play clips that you probably haven't heard. Uh, So the clip that I want to play for you right now is Kate Mulgrew telling us the lesson of the episode. Hi, I'm Kate Mulgrew, and I voice Catherine Janeway in Star Trek Prodigy. This week's lesson is about what we can learn from role models. I know all too well what it means to be inspired by stories. The universe of Star Trek, including Star Trek Prodigy, gives us so many role models who showcase their bravery and do the right thing. A miracle worker! The ideals that Starfleet stands for include exploring, cooperating, accepting, and embracing differences, and learning all we can. You made Starflight proud. In this week's episode of Prodigy, (laughs) we see that Starfleet's ideals can be embraced by anyone. We know we're not Starflight. But you don't need a real ship to believe in what it stands for. You and I can learn from Star Trek stories and emulate the good practices we learn from watching. All right, guys. Every week we ask you on our Facebook page, which you can get to by going to trucktalking.com. We ask you guys to score this week's episode on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best. So, Eric, what did our faithful Facebook fans have to say about last week's episode of Star Trek Prodigy? Well, Chris Troni gave it a solid 10. Great Starfleet bottle story. Jank and Pog cracked me up, exclamation point. I also love when a show can poke fun at itself. Excited to see character development with Murph. Ah, Chris, I'm on board with those comments. Dustin S. Wing gave it a 7.5. A little convenient at the end, but definitely the best episode since the season came back. The John from Cargo Cult Friends was cool. Ooh, I didn't get that. Uh, Dustin, I'm going to have to watch again. Thanks. Tom Casey said, great episode, a 10. Charles W. Hardesty said, an 8.5. Docked for the way Jenkin Pog talks. How can an engineer with much talent as he have talk like Jar Jar Binks? And I don't even think preschool <laughs> kids need to be included in the audience. Uh-oh, realist. Realist. Uh-oh. Another half a point okay, taken because I don't see how those primitive peeps could just suddenly know how to fly any starship without ever having been on one. Even so, I do love the show, and I cannot wait to see what happens to Murph. Thanks, Charles. Top fan Suzanne Williamson gave it a 10 with three exclamation points. Top fan Maria Talara gave it a 9.75. That's right, only a quarter point off for making us wait until next week to see what happens to Murph. (laughs) Thanks, Maria. Simon Heath said definitely also a 9.75. I love this. The best episode this season with a feel-good mentality and lots of callbacks. Loved it. Jimmy Midiette said a 10. I know it's a kid's show, but I'm loving this series. It's Star Trek. Wes Huntington said 10 out of 10. Easily my favorite so far of the second half of Prodigy. And Caroline Dahlke said 10 
plus exclamation point. Now, good thing we don't wait for those things because there were an awful lot of exclamation points in our comments from our fans this week. But even without those weighted, we get a fan score of 9.6, which I believe is second only to uh, that second uh, episode of the two parts uh, uh, episodes, which I'm trying to remember the name of. Uh, where is it? A Moral Star Part 2. Uh, our fan. Oh, it's not second. It's even higher. Uh, yeah, A Moral Star Part 2. Our fans gave that a 9.7. So uh, we're 9.6. We're just below that. That's pretty strong. Pretty strong episode. Uh, so, yeah, let's chat about it. Yeah, and every week, as you guys know, there's lots of previous episodes, lots of tidbits, lots of hints. So we like to do a little thing called cadet training. And for that, we turn to our very own Charles. <coughs> okay. <laughs> the one main episode I came up with was T.S. Uh, original series, the Galileo 7. I didn't get a chance to look up the episode number. I think it was first season, though. And that's the first time we see the Galileo shuttle. And overall, the series, just go back and watch T- the TOS series. Yeah, yeah, no, was, we also have to throw in one more original series Obsession. episode, though, man. Yeah, Absolutely. go ahead. And I'll just say Galileo 7 was episode 13, but go ahead, Charles, with the, or uh, yeah. Paul with the other one. <laughs> I don't have my numbers with me, but, uh, you know, I was told there'd be no math. But we got to throw in Obsession. <laughs> yeah, that's the main one. Yeah, Ensign Garavik, okay? Ensign Garavik, who was served... On the Farragut back, uh, you know, uh, his father was rather on the Farragut, right, if I remember right, right? And yeah, his was. father yeah. served with Kirk, right, back in the day, and they encountered this thing before, and, it, you know, so there's a whole obsessive monster thing. But it's Garavik's narration, and that's the only time we've ever heard of uh, Garavik before is from that episode. So i got to pay props to that uh, really cool old-school episode. <laughs> Season two, episode 18 is Obsession. And yeah, it's it's actually like among uh, TOS episodes, if you haven't, like if that's one of the ones that you don't quite remember, I would absolutely uh, recommend watching it because it's got a great plot. It's got great characters. David Garavik is actually an interesting character. And there's lots of cool little callbacks to that, including a giant statue of him that occur in this episode. So very yeah, exciting. Totally. Yeah, it was really cool. I, well, I was like, it's not an episode that gets very many props, I, I think, typically, right? In the when people are thinking it's so good, it's episode. such a good one. But it's a re- yeah. it stands up great. It's really yeah. really solid. And well, we want, let's not want, forget that we to... actually get to see the Farragut on Discovery. I mean, on on Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. So even though that was an alternate timeline, I have to yeah. assume that the ship was the same. Right, probably same design. Yeah, I so would maybe, to... well, that makes that begs the whole question, though: is the, yeah. is the ship that we see in this episode of Prodigy no. is it the Farragut that his dad, the the obsession that Garavik's dad, was it that version of the Farragut? That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Now I'm That's... wondering. Now I'm because it's like we don't know which Garavik we're talking about here in this episode, do we? Is it the one we know no. for obsession, or his dad who served with Kirk? And this is what happened later on down the road post that. I don't know. It's it's fascinating to think about, though. Yeah, well, that's what we're, that's what uh, we're here for. 
So well, the phone number happy. Happy. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> My <laughs> copy... started too early. What's the phone number? <laughs> yeah, the phone number is 646-668-2433. And if you have any theories on what Garavik we're talking about or which Farragut we're talking about, or you just want to call and say hello to Shannon, then give us a call. 646-668-2433. We would love to hear from you. We'll get you right on the air. But before we dive in, before we dive in and start talking about this, I want to play for you guys Vice Admiral Janeway's log entry. These I pull off of Instagram. And these, these are pretty cool because these aren't on the episode. These are kind of like after thoughts. So this is Vice Admiral Janeway's log on this episode. Vice Admiral's log, stardate 61301.1. We've made steady progress with our recovering amnesiac. He's provided what he can, but his memories are fragmented or missing altogether, deeply traumatized by something in his past. Most importantly, he recognized Chakotay as a prisoner, perhaps taken by those who stole the protostar, kidnapped his daughter, and attacked CR-721. We're tracking the warp trail of Lieutenant Junior Grade Barnes Frex, the Provisional Chief of Operations of the destroyed relay station. Despite his less than stellar Starfleet record, he may know the rogue protostar's next moves before they can strike again. Puzzling unknowns, seething marauders. I swear, it feels like the 2370s all over again. Only this time, I'm stuck without my coffee. No thanks to doctor's orders. Who can stand drinking tea from a replicator, honestly? Is, is that a little... Is wow, a little Janeway is so trusting, man. She just takes everything someone tells her at face value. <laughs> Not even remotely, remotely suspicious. Let's dive in to this episode. I found it. some information about our Garavik. Okay. Just to, to avoid, you know, wool gathering for like another 20 minutes or whatever, which I'm prone to doing. But, but it, you know, obsession, the episode, right? It ends at the end with Kirk asking Ensign Garavik to stop by my quarters and I'll tell you some stories about your dad, you know, that whole thing, right? But then supposedly the, the premise we're going with here is sometime after that, either the year afterwards or so, Garavik volunteered for a solo mission that ended with him crashing the Galileo. And that's what we're, you know, that's uh-huh. where we run into here. So at least that's according to like, you know, what they've posted on Memory Alpha. That's what we're meant to believe. But that just explains the shuttlecraft. It doesn't explain the larger ship that we're seeing. Or is that just something that they built to look like a larger ship? Was I don't think we know. Ship? I'm so confused huh. about that. I don't remember a larger ship. Wasn't there a larger ship that you see in that first reveal that looks like it, it's got nacelles and it's sitting there in like a big cavernous no, they, no, chunk they of the jungle? Show the, no, it's like the lights from the Galileo that are the red eyes of the monster, right? Yeah, in there. But I mean, when you the first opening shot, when you first see where everyone's hanging out, where they're performing their plays, right? It looks like a big ship. Oh, they, yeah. they built a, a thing that looks like they yeah they basically built a thing that looks like a Starfleet ship but it's just yes. a building. the Enterprise so that's something they built it yeah. wasn't like debris or a ruined out hulk of a right. ship or you know, well you know. interesting question 
Uh, I, didn't I, I really that. couldn't tell. I really couldn't tell. And, you know, credit to the show for not, you know, explaining everything to us, right? Yeah. And, like, spoon-feeding us uh, exposition, right? It's just like they, they leave it to us to decide for ourselves, which is really cool. Oh, we can ask all these questions of our guests on Monday, which will be so cool. Woo! That's right. Monday we can find out. That's right. And it, it's it's Starflight, by the way. Let's let's be correct here. It's Starflight. <laughs> God, what another faux pas on my part. It's just getting you know what? It took me it took me twenty years to get that freaking Vulc, Vulcan symbol correct, and now I got to oh. learn the one with the two fingers together in the middle. I am not relearn. I'm not learning that. <laughs> you can do it. You know. I can when, do it with both hands, the regular one, both hands, and I'm okay with that. So. When when the episode starts and they meet the, I can't remember, the, the head character, the main guy there. James T. And, Come on. And, and yeah, James T. James T. And he is talking like Shatner. Awesome. I lost it. I was like, what is going on here? What is the deal? This guy is doing Shatnerese. I loved it, but I... It took me a minute to catch on to exactly what was going on in the episode when they started mentioning the other characters' names. It hit me, mm-hmm. and it was so <laughs> funny. I fell off the couch laughing. Uh, it was That's hilarious. That's the only voice that you hear being mimicked as well. Uh, there's also no, another. <laughs> the one guy even says, <laughs> "He even says, oh my." <laughs> no, he says, "My my." He does. I wrote him down. I wrote it all down. <laughs> He did, and we were talking uh-huh. about the same thing. He said, "Bye bye." We were both yeah. my wife and I going. He should have said, "Oh my." <laughs> this is no, into a copyright issue, maybe. Is that what happened there? No, I think like, they're. Cop- it's a hundred years later. They're they're <laughs> close. They're not just quite there. So. It's it was funny. They're, everything's yeah. just yeah, off was. by a by a little couple of degrees, but that was hilarious. I know. This was a great. And I you, you, you're too. laughing within like five seconds of the show yeah. starting, which is great. Yeah. It was it was wonderful and and um, the voice I recognized now oh, I can't remember the character's name but was that the guy that plays Shaq on Lower Deck? Yes. Did he do? I he the did. voice of the yeah and Fr- Fred Tatasciore did the same did the voice yeah wow really? look oh, at you dude whoa what a nice pull mm-hmm. I thought I recognized his voice as yep. from Lower Decks. Yeah, oh, totally. Dad's laughing too hard. I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was uh, it was funny. Uh, mm. I actually, the bad thing is, I thought that the Starflight people were actually. I found them more enlightening than the actual Prodigy people. Uh, I might Aww. be that. Um, well, you know. What? Well, I mean, I think the interesting thing about this episode is that, like, us all as uh, old school, like, Star Trek fans, like, we all love Star Trek. We all have lots and lots of Star Trek in our heads. We loved this episode, right? Because this, like, arguably is probably the most referential uh, episode Mm -hmm. of Prodigy that we've seen yet, um, going back old school and, like, literally pulling names out, um, you know they're they're technically spelled differently. Uh, when you, wa- you turn on the subtitles, it's not James T. It's like James apostrophe T. Or Sulu has like S O O instead of S U. So you know, I think that one of the things that's interesting is that if you're a kid who this is actually targeted toward, and you're watching this show for the first time. 
I don't know if you're going to get everything. Now, that is not to disparage this episode at all, because I thought this was an amazing episode, and as a Star Trek fan, it's obviously, like, become one of my favorites pretty quickly. But I wonder if kids would necessarily get everything that's going on here without that kind of, um, you know, historical knowledge of the show. Oh, I don't think they will, man. I I think it's one of the hallmarks of really good animation, though, that's savvy animation, right? From going back to, like, the Warner Brothers cartoons to, like, current stuff like Boss Baby, right? There's, like, two levels. Right there's the oh, level bang, for the bang. target audience that the bang, kids bang, love bang. it, but yeah. but there's stuff for your parents, right? Half the jokes yeah. in Bugs Bunny are designed for people who are over thirty, right? I yeah. mean they really are, and that's yeah. the same thing here. I think a, a, a Nickelodeon audience member can watch this and get one thing out of it, but the old school curmudgeonly parents in the background, right, who remember you know uh, <laughs> NBC, <laughs> they get a totally other level of stuff on it, right? And everybody's winning. Because it's it's got those two layers, so very smart. Yeah, I I was also thinking for people who haven't seen Star Trek, I'll get them curious to go look back into how Star Trek started. So yeah, it would be kind of like an inspirational episode. But I also wrote yeah. down that I think that children children don't realize the red shirt is somebody that dies every time because we don't know their names. So tell yeah. them that if they've never seen it, if they're watching this, they're going to go like, wait. That's not the hero of the story. Oh, that's so sad. Well, and the fact that they called the people the Enterpriseians or whatever they called themselves, yeah, like they called him, yeah, they 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 called him, uh, you know, N Sun. N Sun. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Mad Max Thunderdome, right? Where they remember they were like the the pilot, right? They found like mm-hmm. the the plane, the crash plane, and. Uh, and mm-hmm. and the pilot of the plane, they like deified him and made him into like some supernatural being, right? It's very Mad Max Thunderdome, <laughs> very, like a lot, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think in a lot more clever way. But uh... yeah, when they when they when um, Jacob uh, and uh, Gwen uh, uh, and Dahl being down on the planet. And uh, they, Dahl gets infected with the disease, which reminded mm-hmm. me of another Star Trek episode. Um, and anyways, they go to the, what did they call it? The Forbidden Forest? What was the name of the place where the shuttle was crashed? Um, oh, the gallows. The gallows. The gallows, yeah. But, yeah. Yep. And they went there, and and they found out that it was the Galileo actually. And Jacob Pog mm-hmm. pulls out this this technical wizardry, like, oh, it's a it's an SBK thirty eight with a dualtronic. <laughs> oh yeah, I can fix that, no problem. Like, oh yeah, of course. Wow, that's a hundred year well, old. Tech studying. Thing. I mean, he's been studying twenty third century shuttles, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he whips off his <laughs> he whips not- off his arm with that has a built in grappling hook, and he wrapped it around the stalagmite that's there and uh you know the whole nine yards it was just it was fun it was fun actually and Um, the best tool he had was in his head yes he it was and of course while all of this is going on let's not forget Mm -hmm. about rock talk and murph who are back on the ship because something happens to murph and we can't get through this i'm talking about murph Murph mm-hmm. goes into a platoon of some type. Yeah, yeah some we have a, we have a 
we, we've known about melanoid slime worms since way back in the 90s, but we don't really know too much about them. We just know that uh, it's a it's a high insult in the Federation to call somebody one. So I'm He's very so cute. <laughs> I know. I'm very interested to see what he evolves into because surely Wesley could not have been referring to a uh, Murph-style character um, when insulting people. <laughs> right. <No. laughs> well... Hopefully we'll find out tonight on tonight's episode. Um, no, which, uh, I'm not going to answer that. Podcast, no, you so, won't. <laughs> out, but, uh, so Rock Talk is on on the ship with Murph while Murph is metamorphosizing into whatever. And we also have Janeway who's on the ship and she can't beam the people out because of the radiation. Uh, but, but, she can bring the uh, what were they Enterpriseians? Is that what they yeah. called them? She yeah, Enterpriseians. And then and then has the ship holographically turned into the bridge yes. of the original series Enterprise, which the Enterpriseians so cool. can immediately understand and grasp, and they fly the ship and save the day, which I thought was awesome. Ooh. I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that definitely addresses uh, one of the questions that our fans had about how uh, somebody could possibly know how to fly the ship right away. I think the whole point was that they had studied these logs and that, that saying of live logs and prosper. Okay, that sounds mm-hmm. funny, but they're not talking about like wooden logs. They're talking about Starfleet logs. Log so my, yeah. what I get here is that these people have watched – uh, the Galileo's uh, logs over and over again, and they have modeled their society uh, much in the same way that the people from Peace of the Action modeled their society after, you know, a, something. In this case, it was Starfleet logs. And yeah, they uh, they, they have it as their as the way they live their lives. So uh, yeah. yeah, their historical <laughs> It reminds me so much like Galaxy Quest because they based the ship based off of the historical yeah. document. Yeah. <laughs> and they knew exactly how to do it. Yep. <laughs> but, but by the way, it is lo- live long and proverbs, not prosperous. Because I totally listened to it again right before we came on so I could write down because I was laughing so hard. Well, that's yeah, interesting, Shannon. When you turn on the subtitles, it says... It says live logs and prosper. Uh-huh. So it's almost like this if you act funny. out the logs, you will yeah. succeed. <laughs> That's funny because so. it's funny because I listened twice. But it says live logs. When you listen, it sounds live logs and proverbs, which I found funny. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe they changed it. That's interesting. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, I just listened again right before we came on. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and listen myself. You know, this episode and the the Lower Decks episode where they were playing uh, the, the Klingon Dungeons and Dragons are my two yeah. favorites that we've awesome. played thus far. Yeah, because they're kind of meta, right? The, yeah. the the goofy stuff they put up on Star Trek on Paramount Plus on the uh, on their Instagram page because they they make mm-hmm. their own you know extra marketing stuff for it. They call it Live Logs and Proper. Ah. And proper. 
Yeah. So it probably sounds like that, like like Proverbs, okay. you know, this year, what you mm-hmm. want to hear, right? But live locks yeah. and proper is what they've got uh, placed out on the thing. And likewise, with the they call the people the enterprisians, like the end of days, right? The, en- uh-huh. the enterprisians, not enterprisians, but enterprisians with a Z. So that's that's basically, uh-huh. uh, and that's all the, you know, you've got to figure it's got to be legit because it's Paramount's uh, lingo on here. But, uh, but pretty funny uh, on there. I just thought it was interesting because initially I was just like, I got, you know, we're doing this thing twice a week, this, this podcast. Right. And for a while, we're jumping back and forth between shows and you're working like crazy and you're getting very little sleep and everything's starting to blur together. And for a while last night, I go, wait a second. This feels like Lower Decks, right? Because it really did seem more like a Lower Decks premise uh, out of the gate than uh, because it starts off so, you know, broadly satirical with the premise. Right. And I'm like, this is more like a like a Lower Decks premise. But then it just fit together, I think, just beautifully on here. It was very clever. Uh, and uh, it moved at a really good clip, and they managed to give you a really big, epic, climactic thing with the Jeopardy on the the shuttlecraft falling, and and make it really fun and suspenseful. But it all got wrapped up in a nice little bow, and it felt more like a a tidy comedy than anything else, but a really suspenseful and cool one. So I think really nice piece of writing uh, on this thing, and uh, I, I would agree with some of the fans uh, who said this is the best episode so far of the season. I would definitely agree. And we can talk to Aaron Walkie about it on Monday. He will be here live on the podcast, and we can ask mm-hmm. him all these great questions. Remind our listeners who he is again on this show, Jim. Is he a writer? Yes, he's written <laughs> over 40 episodes. He's the head writer on Star Trek Prodigy, and he's the co-executive producer on Star Trek Prodigy. And, and he's he going to be on Trek Talk. That is, what a, what a get that is, man. That's fantastic. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, you so, know, he's probably listening to us right now, would be my guess. You know, we love you, Randy. He's probably like, he's doing R&D. He goes, who are these jokers, and why was I agreeing to do this show? Oh, okay, wait a minute. They are pronouncing my name correctly. I guess I'll go ahead and go through it. So, oh, but, but we... Uh, we're big fans of writing on this show, sir, and your writing was exemplary. And uh, kudos to you for giving us the best episode mm-hmm. of the season so far. We are hungry for more from you. And, awesome. and we can ask him on Monday. I, I'm Hi, what time is it on Monday, Jim? It, it, and you know what? You can find out all the information you need at <laughs> trektalking.com. <laughs> so. Thank you. <laughs> oh. I had to get that in shameless. there. Shameless. You're shameless, yes. Jim. Well, I asked, so it's not shameless, because I'm not technically on the show. I just show up occasionally. So. And that's true. That, that's very, very true. But you're all. I don't think you welcome. ever, uh, you probably didn't read your contract. You don't, you're never able to really, really escape. You're, you're here forever. <laughs> that's right. Well, you're you know, once they gave me a ticket to go see Picard, I was all in. That was it. <laughs> Didn't realize it, but Eric implanted a tracking device in you that's got all kinds of, you know. That would make a lot of sense, actually. Special <laughs> powers, right? So occasionally you feel the urge to get on the show, and you're not sure why, like yeah. today. But that wasn't really well, your own idea. I almost got on last Thursday, but I was laughing so hard about the episode we're talking about that I had to watch the episode. So. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on. That's all I know. Thank you. So let's see. I I I enjoyed this episode immensely. I think it's one of the best, in my opinion. 
I, I'm right there with our fans. So why don't we see uh, what, what we thought about it. Let's start off with Charles. Charles has been awful quiet. What did you think about this episode, Charles? Scale of 1 to 10, what would you give it? Now, our fans gave it a 9.6. Ah, I wasn't sure what to go with this one, but I think with the chatter and all, I think I'll go with a solid nine. A nine? So we got a nine from Charles. How about you, David? Um, I really like this episode. It's starting to get good. I'm enjoying it more and more now because it's actually starting to plot. It's starting to kick up and everything. So I'm actually going to give this a 9.5. 9.5 from David. How about you, Eric? Oh, yeah. I absolutely agree with David on this one. Uh, I give this one a 9.5. Maybe it wasn't perfect, but it was awfully close. Yeah, it's about as close as you're going to get, I think. That's awesome. And how about you, Paul? What do you think? 1 to 10. Well, you know me, man. I don't like decimals. I don't like hedging my bets, right? It's like, commit. It's like you're either a 7 or an 8. You're an 8 or a 9. Commit to it. You know, don't waffle. I don't like the waffling. So because I like this thing so much, and I think it really is just a huge step in the right direction, I love the old school pull of Garavik, and I like the fact that they're just willing to be funny and create a mythology I'm guessing people are going to be riffing off of for some time. i got to give this one a solid 10. I just thought it was Ooh. great. It, yeah. To me, it's just like this is the kind of thing I, I, I think that, that you know wins fans over uh, to like the, the episode, to like the franchise. People who maybe didn't give Prodigy a chance is like, okay, there's a lot more going on here. This isn't just some you know simplistic kid show. There's there's layers and resonance, and it's got a lot of good stuff in here. And it's not it's clearly not just for kids. It's for fans. It's for people who like Star Trek. Period. So for me, a loving and appreciative ten. Well done, everyone involved. And I'm right there with you as well. I got to go with a 10 as well. Yeah, I brother. This episode, this had it all. This, I think Prodigy got its sea legs at this episode. This is, this is going to be the turning point, like, like season one for TNG when they got into season two and season three. I think this is the turning point for Prodigy. This is the episode people are going to look back on and say, that is when Prodigy blossomed. Was right Wait, there. that was Riker's beard oh. moment? That was Riker's beard. It makes you wonder, right? It's like, you know, what, what, uh, if you, there's no way we'd never know, but I would love to know, like, it, like Paramount Plus, right? Like, over the week, right? Like, what are the numbers for, like, the original series for, like, uh, for, for streaming of the Obsession episode, right? How many people yeah, who've right. forgotten about it, how many people right. go back and stream that episode and watch it this week because they don't remember it and they want to see it and they want to connect the dots again because that's what you do, right? I bet it goes nuts. I bet people are streaming yeah. Obsession like there's no tomorrow. I went, I went and watched Galileo 7 right, after, right afterwards. <laughs> so, so good. So, and, of course... We saved our lovely lady for last, and not to, not to put the pressure on Shannon at all, but I gave it a 10. Paul gave it a 10. Mm-hmm. Pressure's mm-hmm. on you. What are you going to give us the first score, Shannon, 1 to 10? Okay. I'm going to give you the same score I gave the last episode of Discovery. I'm sure you don't remember. The only reason I didn't give it that a 10 was because I think that would have been the end of the show and it would have been awesome to the end when Stacey Abrams comes out and everybody's okay. That would have been a 10, but it wasn't the end. So I gave it a 9.8. So that's, all, that's what they get this time. Cause it's not the end, but that would have been 
that was a great episode. I loved all about the episode. I watched it three times because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so a 9.8. That's very respectable as well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so overall, Eric, where does that put yeah. us off as co-hosts with our fans? The co-host gave it a 9.63. So that Ooh. is uh, way higher than anything else. Yeah. And the fans scored Whoa. it at 9.6. So pretty much right yep. in there with the fans. Almost like yeah, exactly, right? right? That's great. Yep. That's great. Wow. See that? You, you awesome. almost think that we're fans or something, you know? <laughs> something. But to me, that, that just shows that this this episode has a lot of universal appeal, right? It doesn't hit just mm-hmm. one group of fans. It hits many, many group of fans in different ways. So It was it was just a brilliant the way it was just brilliant the way they did it and they pulled they used some some character that people probably don't even remember don't even know mm-hmm. exists threw him in there and the, the shuttlecraft Galileo which if, if I remember correctly I was destroyed three times on Star Trek I think I read somewhere <laughs> so uh, uh, anyways so I think that's they that's why it's so light. And uh, if they can do something like this, I'm really excited for what they can do in the future. And I can't wait to talk to Aaron on Monday. All right, guys, our phone number here is 646-668-2433. We're not done yet because we still have convention. Okay, Eric, why don't you give us a off with this week's convention calendar? You better believe it. We are tracking this week. Number one convention, Happy Valley Comic and Collectible Convention, February 25th through the 26th at the Nittany Valley Sports Center in beautiful State College, Pennsylvania. Go check it out there in Happy Valley. We're also going to be checking out Kawakan. Same weekend, February 25th through the 26th, at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in San Antonio, Texas. And last on my list is Lexington Con. Same weekend, February 26th, a one-day event at the Embassy Suites by Hilton, Lexington, UK Coldstream, in Lexington, Kentucky. It's almost as if we knew people who lived in Kentucky, right, Shannon? Mm, Yeah, something like that. (laughs) David, take it away. Yeah, um, so the first on my list is uh, Intercon 2023 over at the Crown Plaza Province Warwick Airport uh, between March 2nd through the 5th at Warwick, Rhode Island. Next on the list is AggieCon, March 3rd to the 5th, 2023 at the Texas A&M University Memorial Student Center College Station, Texas. Um, next on my list is SinciCon from uh, March 3rd to the 5th, 2023, at the Butler County Fairgrounds, Hamilton, in Ohio. Uh, Paul, what's on your list? 
I still can't believe we're talking about cons in March, right? I mean, it's great that we're giving folks time to to plan, but man, time is just flying. It is just flying. March 3rd through 5th in Biloxi, Mississippi. It is a Mississippi Coast Coliseum and Convention Center hosting Coast Con 2023. So that's one where you're going to have all kinds of good options there. Lots of exciting things to do in Biloxi. That is quite a town, I'm here to tell you. I would almost like to start a new segment, I think, for myself uh, this week where I pick a con that is, to me, most intriguing sounding. And this next one is it. Because in Atlanta, Georgia, March 4th, one day only, 2023, you can experience something called, are you ready? Cardboard Con. And you're going to say, Paul, what is Cardboard Con? Well, I'm here to tell you. It is the first and only science fiction fantasy convention dedicated to the art of cardboard costuming. Okay? All costumes must be made out of cardboard. Forget about your spandex and latex. Cardboard Con... They are doing reinforced, double-cord, edgy cardboard, right? It is attracting craziness. And what I like especially is that this is a movable feast of a con at various locations throughout the Atlanta area, but it starts at me and Irish Pub. So you've got a bunch of people in cardboard costumes drinking at an Irish Pub. I think that sounds like a recipe for infamy and potentially one of the greatest con concepts I've ever heard. So I'm giving you a big shout-out, Cardboard Con. I hope you are having an awesome time. I want to go to your site. I need to see lots of crazy pictures. I am thrilled. love what you're doing. So very, very exciting. And not too far away, in Little Rock, Arkansas, I'm also March 4th. I really hate to say go to one or the other, but it's, God, that's a big drive for one day. But March 4th, same thing. I'm not just another horror con, 2023 in Little Rock in uh, Little Rock Airport Conference Center. So lots of exciting conventions happening. Uh, it clearly sounds to me like 2023 is shaping up to be a heck of a convention year. Passing it over to the uh, under-the-weather Charles. Charles, what you got going on there, Holmes? Let's start off with Capital Comic Con, March 4th and 5th, Coconut Grove in Santa Cruz, California. Gateway Fur Meat, March 10 through 12. Sheridan Westport, Charlotte, Charlotte Hotel, St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. And World of Steve Punk Exposition, March 10 through 12. Home to Suite by Hilton Park, Lafayette, Lafayette, Louisiana. Jim, I bet we got some news. Yeah, but before we before we get to that though. Um, you guys may have heard the disappointing news that uh, Mission Seattle has been canceled. Have you guys heard that yet? I, I think yeah, I saw something. About it. Yeah, yeah, we chatted about it internally here that uh, we were kind of disappointed about that. Yeah, that was surprising news to say the least. But for those truckies that are on the East Coast that were planning on attending that, that are disappointed that it was canceled. Fear not, because we have Trek Long Island, uh, May 20th and 21st at the Hyatt Regency Long Island, New York. Um, Trek Talking will be there. I will be there. Ewok Karen will be there with me, and so will Jamie. And uh, we're going to be hanging out with our buddy Edwin, and we're going to be having some fun at Long Island uh, Trek Con. Uh, So far, so far, they have Oded Fair uh, scheduled to appear, and Eric, 
who is this guy? Why should people go and see uh, him? Well, um, he, of course, is the Silver Fox. As I like to think of him, um, man, he's, he's something else. He is Admiral Charles Vance on Star Trek Discovery, and he is a very nice-looking individual, but more importantly, a great actor and a fantastic uh, character on that show, as far as I'm concerned. And he's going to be there, but wait, there's more. He is. Awesome he's a man with 1% body fat. He's incredible. He <laughs> he's incredible. The awesome salt-sucking vampire herself, Sandy Gimple, is going to be there, and she's been on our podcast nice. in the past as well. And I'm excited to yes, finally don't better touch you, Jim. see her in person. But she was also a mm-hmm. Thelogian in the cage. Mm-hmm. And, and she was a um, Ovion. She was the Ovion queen in Battlestar Galactica. So she's going to be there as well. They're going to have makeup extraordinaire Michael Westmore and the one, the only Rob Perlman, who's also been on this podcast. And that's who they have scheduled so far. And we will have Edwin uh, back on the podcast again to talk about it as it gets closer. But uh, that's Trek Long Island. So check it out if you're disappointed that you couldn't make it to the Star Trek mission. All right, guys, it's time for Star Trek News. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level nine authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. All right, guys, our Star Trek news segment is here. All these stories you can check out in their entirety on our Facebook page, which you can get to by going to trektalking.com. All right, the first story is going to be mine. Props and costumes from Star Trek Picard Season 1 and Season 2 are going up for auction. Paramount Consumer Products and Experiences has teamed up again with Prostor for the first ever Star Trek Picard auction. Over 300 original costumes, props, set decorations, and behind-the-scenes memorabilia from Season 1 and 2 will be offered in this online auction. The auction has a selection of pieces from all the new characters, such as Q, Seven of Nine, Guinan, Agnes Girardi, Rafi Mosquier, Cristobal Rios, Dodge Slash Soji, and, of course, the old adversaries such as the Borg, and the Romulans. Highlights from the auction include a 7 of 9 light-up phaser rifle, estimated value between eight to 12000 I bid $200. I bid two, $200. Yeah, this is the auction right now, right? I'm going to bid on it right now. I mean, I'll get in early and get in cheap. I want $200. Come on. And I don't know where they come up with these estimated values, but uh, the Data Daughter frame painting <laughs> Uh, with back turn from season one. That's the one where he was painting the painting. Uh, that's going to be a uh, auction. Estimate that for six to 8,000. General Jean-Luc wow. Picard Confederation Com Badge, six to $8,000. Uh, the Confederation Timeline Star Corp static handheld phaser with belt and holster, 
they estimate that to sell between four and six thousand. Young Jean-Luc Picard's skeleton key from season two, three to five thousand. Narek's open impossible box, three to five thousand. Dodge and Soji Asha's necklace from season one, three to five thousand. Chateau Picard oval wine cask from season one, twenty-five hundred to thirty-five hundred. Agnes Girardi's Borgardi Queen costume, a six to eight thousand. Now, now we're talking. That's uh, something that will actually sell. Okay, a lot of this other stuff. Right, I but think it'll, it's just, it'll, like, it'll I don't know who that kidding. Too though. Yeah. I'm wondering if is this the yeah. costume that we had the lady on the podcast who made it? I'm wondering. Maybe. I have to. I, I I don't have pictures of this costume. I'd say yeah. odds are good. I mean, she did a lot of stuff on there. I mean, yeah. she was you know pretty heavily involved. My guess is yes. I mean, I'm sure she helped design it if nothing else. But that, of of the stuff they've listed, I mean, like skeleton key, five grand. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. It's, 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 well, it's so they Do they have? Wait, I'm sorry. Did they have the napkin that Nimoy sneezed into that Penny gave to Leonard? I'm sorry, gave to Sheldon so he could make his own Picard DNA clone? That, that might be in the second one. <laughs> that would sell a lot for a lot. I'm just saying. Uh, can, I get a, can I get a Q-tip that the Grand Nagus used to clean his ear hair with? Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 you I mean, let's, yeah. let's get to some good stuff here. But, like, this, this current stuff, you know, come on. So yeah. uh, they, they have Admiral Jean-Luc Picard's Starfleet uniform with after-production-made com badge. Five to seven thousand. Mm-hmm. Elnor's Romulan warrior costume with stunt tan quack 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 sword <laughs> for three to five thousand. John Luke Picard's leather jacket costume <laughs> and uh, can you do that again? Can you read that one again, Jim? That was just that please was, do it. Yeah. Please, quack, please. Quack quack. <laughs> And uh, finally, we have Guinan's costume, uh, worn by Lily Goldberg when she met with Captain Picard. They're estimating that for uh, twenty-five to thirty-five hundred. Each item comes with a certificate of authenticity signed by series executive producer Alex Kurtzman. Bidding begins at midnight EST, nine a.m. PST on Tuesday, November sixteenth. That was yesterday, guys, and concludes Tuesday, November twenty-ninth. 2022 starting at midnight fans can register now to bid in the auction and get updates from propstore.com eric eric have you heard of this dr pulaski character uh i have in fact heard of dr pulaski and uh everybody knows that she's one of the most underrated characters in all of star trek uh but we've always kind of wondered why did fans actually hate her um and we have a news story about that. So of all the memorable characters found within the Star Trek universe, there are a handful of them that never sat well with, I'm going to insert, most fans. <laughs> of all these characters, mm-hmm. however, there is one that seems to be universally disliked. I take issue with that. There's none other than Catherine Pulaski, head medical officer aboard the Enterprise D. Aww. Gates McFadden was an amazing actor, but she was deeply unhappy with how she was treated on set. Maurice Hurley, producer at the time, took a disliking to her right from the start. He wanted her gone, and he finally got his wish. McFadden was unceremoniously fired just after the season one wrap party. 
The show's crew at the time were very tight, so when they found out about her dismissal, they were all deeply hurt and annoyed and were begrudging when Diana Moldar came aboard to replace McFadden, introducing Dr. Pulaski at the start of season two. They were all uh, unintentionally cold towards her. It didn't help that she was also being paid a lot more than everyone else. It was by no means Oh, actors hate that. Oh, my God. I know. I know. But this was by no means her fault. And with all things considered, she did a great job. However, she was fighting an uphill battle. All the coldness being expressed by the crew was also being felt by the audiences. Not only did they feel the awkwardness between the actors on set, but a lot of them had really liked what they had experienced with Dr. Crusher. Viewers didn't like the new person coming in and bossing people around, a character trait that would have been great if it wasn't coming from the new unwanted face among the main cast. Instead of trying to do something new with her character, like they had begun to do with Crusher, the writers were making her out to be a female McCoy. She was an argumentative character who seemed to always be at odds with Picard, a a dislike between the two becoming so great at one point that he didn't want her to perform a simple operation, despite her being a highly trained medical officer. It made audiences feel that if Picard could not trust her and did not want her on the Enterprise, why should they? She was rough around the edges and rubbed people the wrong way, but her character gave the show a fantastic opportunity to evolve her character and see a tangible change within her over the course of the show. She did things like disrespect the captain and was downright rude to Data, refusing to truly acknowledge his presence as a living and sentient being. However, this was exactly what the show was lacking. But overall, it seems unfair to both character and actress who never had the opportunity to truly shine like the rest of the cast did. So I think what we're seeing here, uh, this article I think does a great job of pointing out the fact that Diana Moldar, you have to remember folks, like she was big time before TNG ever called her in to be Dr. Pulaski, right? So the fact mm-hmm. that she was maybe being paid more, you ca- I, I, yes, actors hate that, yes. And there are certain... Um, uh, normal practices within the industry that were common at the time and probably are still common today that, you know, were being adhered to. So if you take the pay thing out of it, you say, was it a good character and did she do a good job playing it? Uh, I would argue that the answer to the second question is, of course she did, because it's her and she's amazing and yeah. she knocked it out of the park. Uh, the answer to the first question is, well, in my opinion, they didn't give the character enough time to develop. Like one season is not nearly enough to show the full range of a character. We see her being pretty grumpy. We see her being borderline xenophobic, probably towards data. Yes. You mean data. But data. Data. Yeah. Yeah. data. Yeah. But we see it's her the like, same thing, right? we see yeah. her have some shining moments as well. I mean, we always talk about the tea ceremony with Worf and like other moments where she really, uh, was shown to be, yes, a McCoyish character who was a bit grumpy, a bit rough around the edges, but man, she knew her stuff. And, and um, mm-hmm. I think given a little bit more time to develop, we would have all fallen in love with Dr. Pulaski. Am I sad that Crusher came back? No, because Courtsgate's McFadden is absolutely amazing. But, um, but I think Pulaski is uh, underappreciated for sure. Okay, and dude. Yeah, I think you're, you've got your weekend job for you, man. You get pitch IDW. I think you need to write a Pulaski comic. Oh, we need a Pulaski comic, right? That would be amazing. I don't. 
I don't think you're the only person who probably feels this way, right? I bet there's others too. And like, you know, they're always doing these one shots. So let's get a one shot. Totally. I'd love it. Well, speaking of comics, Paul, why don't you, why don't you tell us some more about some Star Trek comics while we're at it? All right. I will, my friend. I will, because uh, we are talking about a Star Trek comic book that sold for a large sum of money. Are you ready to hear this? Okay. Because we were just hearing about, Mm Uncle Jim telling us these uh, auction amounts here. So we're into the, uh, the four- and five-figure realm. Let's see what we can find out. The first Star Trek comic book sold – we're talking about the first Star Trek comic book. It sold at an auction for a record-breaking price of $46,500, according to Certified Guarantee Company, a Florida-based comic book grading service. The comic book, Star Trek Number 1, which was published by Gold Key uh, – does anyone else remember Gold Key? So many great old comics. I do. Uh, Gold Key back in 1967 <laughs> was sold at a heritage auction sale on November 3rd. Um, GCG said it gave a comic book a near mint rating of 9.6. Whoa, that one's uh, that's a that's a high rating for an old comic. Company added it has only given the rating to four other copies of the issue, and this one more than doubled the previous record of uh, twenty thousand dollars or twenty thousand five hundred dollars set in 2019. The inaugural issue contained Planet of No Return, and uh, the story was uh, written by a guy named Dick Wood. And the first cover ever for the series, it featured Spock, Kirk, and uh, Hikaru Sulu. And then they went out on a 12-year, 62-issue run uh, for Gold Key. So that's a lot. You go to conventions, you always see... uh, Gold Key comics, not just Star Trek, but they did a lot of really cool things uh, like Lost in Space. They did a lot of TV adaptation comics, uh, all kinds of different things there. And then they finally, like right around the time that uh, the motion picture came out, uh, the Gold Key series ended in 1979 when Marvel Comics acquired the rights to the series and began its own. The current license holder, of course, we all have been talking about all night, uh, being IDW, who's still doing, I think, a bang-up job of putting out new titles. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, and I think hopefully we'll keep that license for some time. But it's just weird to me to see, uh, uh, you know, what they say here. Because it's like, what is it? Like, it's less than 50 grand, right? I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. But it's i got to be honest, right? It really is pretty low for a comic book auction. That's what right? I thought. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of almost like no big deal. As far as I know, um, the most expensive ever is a comic book auction. I mean, it's probably a little bit outdated, but I remember when it made a lot of big news. Um, was uh, I think it was Action Comics. It, it's uh, the, the debut of Superman, right? I think, uh, as far as I know, mm-hmm. and I think that that one sold for like over three million dollars for like a nine point oh. Is that like right? issue number and, one? I'm pretty sure it's the one where you see Superman. Yeah, issue one is where he's holding up the car mm-hmm. over his head, and townspeople yeah. are running away because they don't know what to make of this crazy man in his underwear mm-hmm. in the cave, right? But uh, it's like from like 1938, right? So I mean, you compare a 1938 comic that's a 9.0 to one from like 1967. You know, it just goes to show how these things escalate. What will this same comic from Gold Key sell for 30 years from now? probably sell for upwards of, you know, well over a hundred thousand, maybe close to a million, depending on what happens with perceptions and things like that. Um, 
one of the grails is considered to be uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15 because that's the, the first issue of Spider-Man, right, where we first met uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Um, people go bananas for that. I mean, it's, it's crazy just, just to be able to hold one in a comic shop. Um, uh, I can't remember the year that that was published, but it goes for high numbers. Um, Portland Peeps uh, Trifecta, do you guys know Excalibur Comics? Oh, yeah. Over there on Hawthorne, right? Yeah. I was in yeah. there earlier in the year, right? And I was talking to the guys working behind the counter, you know, because I'm a big comic book nut, right? And they had, uh, like, literally, like, a little old lady come in, like a, a woman, and uh, somebody in the family passed away, and she just brought in these long boxes of comics, right? And said, hey, um, you know, are these worth anything? Can I get any money for these, right? And it's a good thing that the guys at Excalibur are uh, conscientious, upstanding, ethical chaps, okay? Because in that long box was Amazing Fantasy uh, introducing Spider-Man, the first issue, uh, you know, whatever yeah. it was, issue, issue for Shannon. I mean, Shannon, they were like, ma'am, let's, let's, let's go get a cup of tea and sit down. Let's tell you what you've got <laughs> here, and, and let, let's, let's call – you know, they know guys were like high end, you know, uh, collector resources and they set her up with somebody who could basically like be like an agent, you know, because you're paying off your mortgage if you have a copy of this. I mean, it's crazy. So yeah. I mean, she was very fortunate that she took it to them, not some fly by night guy who was like, I'll give you $20 for it. You know, I mean, that's the some nonsense hap- that happens mm-hmm. all the time, right? Where people don't realize what they have. So mm-hmm. really fascinating story. But uh, there you go. Uh, Gold Key Comics. Check them out. And uh, they did a lot of crazy Star Trek comics uh, for a good long run, uh, you know, for 12 years, 62 issues. So uh, that's really interesting uh, there. Uh, definitely pass it over right now to uh, an, another uh, member of the Comic Book Brethren, who I know just absolutely loves comics. Take it away, Charles. All right. Is it a new Star Trek comic teasing a major cameo for Picard season three? (coughs) Star Trek fans are eagerly awaiting the release of Picard season three. There's a way for them to enjoy the new Picard adventure right now. What's more, the current Picard tie-in might might have teased is an unexpected cameo happening now in the first season, Star Trek Picard Stargazer. It's a mini-series from IEW Publishing. <coughs> it bridges the gap between season two and season three of the show. And part of the story explains how Seven became a Starfleet officer in season three. Seven recently realized the value of Starfleet but isn't quite ready to commit. <coughs> Soon after, she receives a call from an old friend who might just help her in Season 3, Vice Admiral Catherine Janeway. A comic book appearance isn't exactly evidence that Star Trek snuck Kate McGrew onto the set to reunite with Jerry Ryan during the filming of Picard Season 3 but does feel like another hint of something like that happening. Alice Curtin admitted he's been in discussions regarding bringing Janeway back (coughs) (coughs) to a live action. Kate McGrew has stroked 
so explained with Jesus of a special project she can't talk about. Paramount Plus has managed to keep some secrets during Picard's run. The first major one... <coughs> Sorry. One major example was Will Wheaton's reprising <coughs> his role <coughs> as Will Wheaton. Uh, in season two finale, which was a big deal. The show managed to film that without getting the word out that Will Wheaton was on the set. It was wild to believe that Kate McGrew could do, also do a film short scene and get in that without any leaks reaching fans. This recent comic at least establishes it was, po- it was a possibility. And there were communications ahead of her officially joining Starfleet. Turtrick Picard Season 3 premieres in Paramount Plus on Thursday, February 16th, 2023. Right now, we can't confirm that Janeway is part of the fun, but we do know the classic characters like Moriarty and Lore will make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it looks, I don't know. It seems to me like that just kind of naturally fits. Uh, there's all there's some telegraphing that, and we all know that these comments, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, have always been um, good tie-ins. And we had specific ones like Countdown that led into Picard and that sort of thing. But man, it sure does seem like this is a pretty good possibility, doesn't it? I would love to see me some Admiral Janeway live. Woo! Well, I think I think if they if they can pop Janeway in. And then they can set her up for more in the future. Yeah, and what's cool is now that they've got Prodigy kind of establishing a hologram Janeway, what that allows us to do is it allows Kate Mulgrew to continue to play this character kind of, you know, in some ways indefinitely until she gets tired of it. Um, and, and, you know, body and, and looks and all that kind of stuff doesn't have anything to do with it because it's voice acting. Um, so it, it allows her to just like have the freedom to continue to develop this really cool character. And it wouldn't surprise me. It really, really wouldn't. And no, I do no. have one breaking comic book story that I did, that just dropped today. And so I want to throw this out there before we, we wrap up the show tonight. Uh, the Day of Blood is coming, announcing the first universe-shaking crossover event in IDW's expansive Star Trek continuity, debuting with the prelude to the Day of Blood on Free Comic Book Day 2023, which is Saturday, May 6th, and continuing in the Star Trek Defiant ongoing Series. So they are going to have another free comic book. Isn't that awesome? The last I one think it's, started yeah. the uh, uh, Mirror Broken, I believe yep. it was, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, back in 2017, 2018, something like that. Yeah. And this particular one um, uh, is pretty interesting. There's a great article. Uh, I can't remember which website I read it on, but talking about nods to um, Watchmen and Alan Moore and David Gibbons and that kind of stuff in this particular issue. So I'm 
I'm kind of excited. Like when you start mentioning those names in the same sentence as um, as Star Trek, even if it's homages or adjacency or that kind of thing, uh, I, my ears are definitely pricked up listening. Yeah, and one of the fans on the Facebook page asked, how much does it cost? Well, it's free comic book day. So the cost is free, as in you don't pay anything. Just go to your local comic book store and pick it up. Yeah, I will say that if you have not done a free comic book day before, depending on how busy your local shop is and where you live and that sort of thing, if you're in a busier city uh, or going to a busier shop, this might be the type of thing that you want to get there a little early, you know? Uh, if you're in a smaller town or if uh, you're already having stuff pulled for you, just make sure that your shop knows that you want this one and have them throw it in your box for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually have like three or four copies of Mirror Broken. So cause you never have enough. I actually well, I like the... autographed one for me at Rhode Island Comic Con. <laughs> I really, I mean, the issue zeros are always so much fun because they always provide the 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 just groundwork um, for whatever the story is going to be. So that you you aren't when you go to free comic book day and you pick up a comic, chances are you're not going to get a full story. But what they're hoping is that you're going to get enough that entices you to want to go and buy the actual comic, right? Tickler, of course, tickler, that's right. Yeah, 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 tickler, man, just get you hooked. First one's always free. Yep. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> and uh, I just want to let you guys know uh, what's going on on Monday show, Paul. You want to tell our listeners what's happening on Monday? Oh, dude, it's pretty exciting. Sorry, I'm making sure I'm not on mute again. <laughs> You're not. You're good. I can hear you. <laughs> it's pretty exciting, actually. Uh, we uh, we're really fortunate, I think. Uh, because we've been spending a lot of time talking about uh, Prodigy, right? And we have uh, a special guest. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name. So, uh, but uh, who's like a writer from this current episode of Prodigy? He's one of the sh- one of the showrunners, one of the producers uh, on here. So head writer. He's the head writer. Do I have that right? Yeah, he's a head yep. writer over forty episodes. Head writer of Star Trek Prodigy. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm don't have his, uh, I'm not at a place it's, where it's I have okay. all that stuff. It's it's handy, Aaron so Walt- yeah. How do you say his last name? Waltke. Waltke, thank you, Aaron Waltke. Yeah, he is uh, uh, knocked it out of the park with uh, this uh, recent uh, scripted prodigy that he did here. Just absolutely terrific, uh, fun, engaging job as we've been saying on here. So, but Jim lured him in. He's going to be our guest on Monday's episode on here. So hopefully we're going to be a chance to have him dive in a little bit more and say why you know why was it. What was about Garavik? Why'd you choose him? And how'd that all go? And uh, what other things can you tell us about what we can look forward to? And what the hell is going to happen with Murph, right? We, we need to know. And uh, so we're going to have to see if we can ply him with cocktails and get him to forget his NDA. That's, that's my plan. <laughs> and uh, I just want to let you guys know that that Monday show, there won't be a show on Thursday because here in the United States, Thursday is Thanksgiving, so we won't have a show on Thursday, obviously. Um, is, Prodigy, is there a new Prodigy episode on Thanksgiving? I haven't checked yet. Are they on hiatus? I don't know. Uh, I will try and find that out. Uh, they are not here. on hiatus. They, they are, are not. They're not on the hiatus. It's a straight shot. 
All yeah, right. Crossroads so then, should be on next week. The yeah, they got one slated for the 24th, so they'll be dropping one. Okay, so that means we'll just have to talk about two on the following uh, Thursday, and there won't be a show on that following Monday either because I'm not going to be home. So uh, you want to tune in on Monday to talk with Aaron Waltke because you're going to have a long week without any Trek talking. So just bear that in mind. But don't worry. You can go to trektalking.com and listen to any one of our hundreds, hundreds oh. of podcasts that are there. Trektalking.com. Thank you for letting us know. Yes. Especially Excellent. since we just celebrated our 500th episode. That's Ooh. right. We had, we had Spice Williams Crosby, and she was awesome. She spoke Klingon and everything. So check that out. Well, guys, guess what time it is? Time to let my dog out. <laughs> I'm coming, Emma. So uh, other than time to let the dog out, guess what time it is? <laughs> Bad we come to the end of another podcast. Before we Aww. go, though, you guys, what did you think about we, we switched up the show a little bit. Did you, did you guys like it? I really uh, did. <laughs> I thought it was yeah. great. I thought it was, it was like sometimes it just feels like the you know you're going through this endless line to get to the thing where you want to talk about stuff, right? And especially if it's good, right? I, mm-hmm. I thought it really created a neat flow, right? And then instead of like dragging out into something where you know we, we, our energy is starting to dissipate, you kind of got a second wind with the with the news articles and everything like that. So I thought it was really interesting. I think we should maybe try it for a while. And to me, I thought it was energetic. Yeah, we switched it up. I think we'll, 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 we'll stick with that and see how it goes. All right, guys. Well, it's over. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to Shannon for hanging out and visiting uh-huh. with us. It's been a long time, Shannon, but you're always welcome at our table. Thank you very much. Thanks. I knew that I was always welcome because you all told me, and I appreciate the fact that you actually mean that. I will come back whenever I can. So- Anytime, you're welcome. And, of course, I want to say thank you to our very own David for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you, David. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me. And thank you to our very own Eric yeah, for hanging out with us as well. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely. A great time as always, guys. And thank you to Charles who, who hung out with us even though he has a cold. Thank you very much, Charles. Uh-huh. Oh, glad I could make it. At least I got through it. <laughs> You did. You definitely did. (laughs) And, of course, I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim. And I just want to say to everybody, just remember, Star Trek fans are the best fans. You better believe that. Stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Live long and prosper. Peace and long life. Peace out, humans. Let's see what's out there.